What's up, guys? Spencer with the Fantasy Fanatics. I'm here with Nathan. How are you doing today, Nathan? I'm doing good. I hope everybody enjoyed the uh, the first week of games. We're finally back in the regular season. It's awesome. Uh, how was your first week? Oh, loved it. Loved it. Thursday was kind of like an appetizer, but Sunday, you know, 1 o'clock through probably 11 o'clock. Yep. It was just great. And the Monday night game was awesome, too. The Monday night game was was interesting. Just ahead of my cats. The Monday night was the Monday night game was interesting for sure. It went uh the other way to I think the way we both predicted. I don't think we saw the Raiders win in that one. Um no, the Raiders defense. Yeah, I thought it was it was encouraging. The Raiders defense looked good too. They had a serious pass rush. Um you know, much better improved than last year. Um I thought Lamar mm-hmm. was gonna run and pass all over that Raiders defense. I mean, he looked good, but not the Lamar Jackson, I think we were all expecting against that Raiders defense. But we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll get I mean, into that. We'll get into that later. Yeah. Um, but Let's some uh, things I want to go through is uh, Raheem Mostert said today that he um, is out for the rest of the season. So, yeah. man uh, can't catch a break. I know a lot of people have bidding free agency. I don't know what exactly to call it. Um, but I would throw around 30. 35% because this is a season long waiver pickup. This isn't just like a, you know, a pickup for three or four weeks. This is season long. Although I do see Trey Sermon eating into that. And you're talking about Elijah yeah. Mitchell, right? Yeah. 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 Well, I, I but there's Trey Sermon. There's also Jermichael hasty. I don't know. Like it's, it's going to be like everybody's number one waiver this week because he had a good week one, but it could change easily. I don't think there's a clear number two either. You don't think so? No, I don't. I don't think so. Between Hasty and Sermon. No, I mean, there's not a near. Oh, clear second number two waiver. waiver. Oh, okay. Uh, I think it's. I think it's a very weak, weak, weak one on the waivers. Maybe somebody like Sammy Watkins or Sterling Shepard. Somebody had a big week one, but those sort of players, I don't expect to to maintain that production. Yeah, carry any season long value. You know, no tight ends really. I mean, Gerald Everett's probably the best one. He didn't crack the top eight. Um, Cole Komet looked pretty good. Yeah, he did look good. I think I think I saw where he had. Shout like, out Ryan. Shout out Ryan. Yeah. Uh, I think he said around six, seven targets is what Cole Komet had. I don't know. We'll get into that later, too. And um, I, I, don't, I don't. I mean, Jawan Johnson, but he's not going to catch nah. two touchdowns any week. Adam Trauman's a tight end you want there. Jawan Johnson, he's trying to be what Ebron was a few years ago with Jack Doyle. Like, where he just caught all the touchdowns and Jack Doyle caught everything else. It's going to even out, and I think Adam Trotman's going to be the one you want. And then quarterbacks, I mean, Tyrod Taylor and Jameis Winston, I think, are probably the only ones you want. Out of those two, honestly, I prefer Tyrod. Yeah. Um, I think Jameis maintains, I don't know, I think a safer floor. But Tyrod has the bigger upside with the rushing. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, Tyrod's floor is going to uh, to be comparable to Jameis, to be honest, because of that rushing. I mean, if Brandon Cooks can play like prime Brandon Cooks, and who knows, like he looked good. I would but sell the, high on Jameis. Which is the running backs? I would sell high on Brandon Cooks right now. I would not. I think he's going to keep that value. I think he's a usable player. If you're going to sell him, like make sure you get something good in return because he's he's going to produce this year. He's their only real weapon. All right, so if someone offered you Brandon Ayuk for Brandon Cooks, what are you doing? 
I'm keeping Cooks. I think Ayuk. <laughs> I think Ayuk is the better player this season. I'm keeping Cooks. What about Cortland Sutton for Brandon Cooks? Mm, that's a little tougher. I think Sutton's better than Ayuk. Um, I, I think the, the, the thing is like Sutton is because Judy's gone now, and so if Teddy is still competent, he's only got to compete with like Noah Fant because KJ Hamler I think is a. I don't know. He's nothing special. Yeah, I'd probably say Sutton. Okay, and one more. Corey Davis. He was going around the same spot as Brandon Ooh, that's Cooks. tough. I think they are very similar players. I might go Corey Davis just because of the volume. Okay. Um, Corey Davis, you know, uh, Brandon Cooks, both of them are going to be great. I th- I personally think they're low-end like wide receiver twos right now. Okay. Pretty high on both. I would I would say high end flex, low end wide receiver too. Yeah. But uh some other news is Rashad Penny's gonna miss a few weeks. I don't think that's anything, you know, relevant. Darn. Um Jerry Judy, four to six weeks. Um, that just boosts, I think, all the pass catchers in that offense. I would sure. say I value right now Tim Patrick higher than KJ Hamler. I love KJ Hamler too, but Tim Patrick looked better than him. I don't know. That could change next week. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick hit the IR today. Um, I don't think any of the pass catchers drop off that much. I didn't love Ryan Fitzpatrick going into the year. I don't think there's that big of a drop off for the pass catchers with Taylor Heineke in there. Did Heineke uh, look good? I thought he looked pretty good. He looked good in the playoffs last year, too. He can run. And then Michael Gallup hit the IR. Um, I think that was over the weekend. So I think that's just a boost to everybody else in that offense too. Zeke. I don't um, think it is. Besides, I, th- I, th- I think, I it's think just it a plug is. and replace with Cedric Wilson. I do not think Cedric Wilson will see anywhere near the targets Michael Gallup was. I think those were all good. I would say, I would have said, you know, Gallup would have got six to seven targets throughout the year. Like on average, six to seven targets. Why don't you see? Yeah. Why don't see a third receiver in that offense throwing the ball sixty times, getting that. I don't that's see only, Cedric that's only a ten percent share. I don't see Cedric Wilson getting six to seven targets. I see him maybe with three to four. So I'd say probably an extra target or two to CD Lamb, Zeke, and uh, Amari Cooper, and maybe the tight ends. Because yeah, Dalton Schultz. Yeah, Dalton Schultz and Blake Jarwin. Yeah. Uh, but let's talk about Dallas. Uh, Dallas versus okay. the Bucks, the season opener. Uh, the Bucks won with a late field goal, thirty-one to twenty-nine. Dak was 42 for 58 with 403 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. What a great bounce-back game after what he went through this offseason. And then Tom Brady, breaking news, still Tom Brady, uh, 32 for 50, 379 yards, four touchdowns, two picks. If if you got offered, if you had Dak and you got offered one for one, Tom Brady, I saw somebody who asked this, would you rather have Tom Brady or Dak Prescott this year. I'm leaning towards Dak Prescott. I would go Dak. I don't think it's much of a question. Tom Brady's going to put up great, great points every single week, pretty much. They have a very high floor. But I think Dak's ceiling is higher, A, because the defense is worse, and also he adds value with his legs, and he's got comparable weapons. So I and Dak's look amazing. Like he looks he looked like prime Dak. Like he never missed a game. And he was facing a tough Tampa Bay defense. Yep. So give me Dak. But Tom Brady is a great option this year as well. Okay. And then Zeke, 
was the second highest fantasy scorer in the Dallas backfield behind Tony Pollard. Uh, Zeke finished with 3.9. This is all standard. Everything I'll read today is standard, um, not PPR. Uh, Zeke had 3.9 fantasy points. Tony Pollard had 4.3. I'm not worried about Zeke. Uh, A lot of people are freaking out about him, I think, because it was in the spotlight first game. You got to overreact to something, and a lot of people overreacted to Zeke and um, Ronald Jones. So I'm not worried about Zeke. He yeah, when you throw many. the ball sixty times, how many points is your running back going to get? Like it's it's as simple as that. And he, we kind of knew this going into we kind of knew this going into the game. Tampa Bay has a top five defensive line, um, top amazing linebackers, two. top two, and I then think. a I think top five linebacker uh, core too. So I think I think the whole defense is is incredible, very deep, a lot of speed, and so I would expect I would expect him to uh, struggle. And then I see him bouncing back, you know, against the Chargers this week too. Uh, that's yeah. another good defense, but I could see, you know, much easier though. Even back. though it's still like a decent defense, much easier. Well, and any defense is going to be, be a drop off. Any defense is going to be a drop off, basically. But also, I think the game script will go a little better for him. I don't expect the uh, the Chargers to you know jump out to some kind of lead where they got to throw back into it. I expect the the Cowboys to get up early in that one, and you know Zeke will get much more work. And then Leonard Fournette uh, finished with 5.9 fantasy points. Ronald Jones finished with negative 0.6. He fumbled, I think, in the second or third, um, and then they took him out for the rest of the game. Uh, Bruce Arians said today that Ronald Jones will be starting this week. I don't know how much that means, but I'm not freaking out about Ronald Jones. Uh, He said that last week, too. I don't love either running back. I didn't love either running back going into the season. I had them as both borderline, probably top 30 running backs, maybe top 35. And I don't love them anymore leaving this matchup. There's just too many good pass catchers in the offense. Yeah, I agree. Um, it was for someone who, like, if you have Ronald Jones, it was definitely concerning to see him fumble once and then get yanked the rest of the game and then watch Leonard Fournette dominate the touches. But uh, I think it's, I think it's going to be like this most of the, uh, most of the year where one game it's Leonard, one game it's Ronald Jones, it'll just go back and forth. I mean, it, it, they did it last year. It's, it's just how it is. Both flex plays, in my opinion. And then flex, uh, flex the best. Like, I, I wouldn't even, you know, force them into your lineup. And then let's go to the pass catchers for Dallas. Uh, Michael Gallup, as we just said, left the game. He is hitting the IR. So a minimum of three weeks for him. He did see seven targets. Before he did get injured, though, and uh, I just look, Cedric Wilson did have three, um, but Amari Cooper, thirteen catches, sixteen targets, um, and then C.D. Lamb seven catches, one hundred four yards, and a touchdown uh, with fifteen targets. I don't expect them to get sixteen and fifteen targets, but I could both see them getting around you know ten or eleven a game. Yeah, and C.D. had how many drops? I think it, I think they said three, like officially three, but like unofficially like five, and so he could have he could have very easily had an insane game, and that's against a great defense. Amari Cooper and CD are both wide receiver ones right now. Um, you're starting them every week regardless until one of them gets hurt or something like that. But uh, I, I don't know which one I prefer. I I may lean slightly towards CD just because he he looks like. He did all that on what half the catches that Amari had. Yeah, I don't really prefer one 
right now. I, I need to see a couple more weeks. Um, I think Amari will get more. I think Amari's better in PPR, but I don't know what's standard. I, I would probably t- lean towards Lamb. I need to see another game, though. Um, if both are getting 16 targets, they're going to be top 10 wide receivers at this at this point. Yeah, it helps when Dak throws, what, what was it, 58 times? So Those two wide receivers are so talented, though. And then yep. off to the tight ends, Dalton Schultz, Blake Jarwin. Dalton Schultz had six catches for 45 yards on six targets. Um, Blake Jarwin had three catches for 20 yards on four targets. I'm not – I don't want to start either tight end, but if I had to start one – Dalton Schultz is the guy, I think. I think so too. But like you said, I'd keep them both out of the lineup for now. Um, maybe wait until one of them has a great game and then trade him away for a tight end ED team. Um, but I'm not looking to play them in my lineup. There's just too many mouths to feed there. And they're kind of at the bottom of the totem pole. And for the people freaking out about Tony Pollard, uh, I'm looking at it right now. He played 83%. Uh, Zeke played 83% of the snaps. Tony Pollard only played 24 so that's, that's right. So I mean, I'm not worried about Zeke at all. And let's go to the Tampa Bay pass catchers. Antonio Brown looked like prime Antonio Brown. Um, looked like him on the Steelers. Five catches, 121 yards, seven targets. Chris Godwin had nine catches, 105 yards, and a touchdown on 14 targets. Gronk also looked like prime Gronk. Eight catches, 90 yards, two touchdowns on eight targets, and then Mike Evans. Three catches for 24 yards on six targets. If I had to rank the three wide receivers in that offense, I'm right now I'm going Mike Evans. I think it's still what it what it was going on on ADP. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, but that can interchange any week. Yeah, it's kind of like I was saying last week is like they're all going to be much closer together in I think most people's rankings. In mine, I, from I'll probably have. Uh, Mike Evans still ranked first just because I think he's incredibly talented. And then I'll probably still have Antonio Brown ranked third, but they're going to be within 10 spots of each other, 15 spots of each other at the very most. I think in my rankings this week, I will have Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown around that 25 mark, and then Mike Evans around that 20 to 19 mark. I think that's where I ranked them. Yeah, I like that. They're all pretty close because you never know which one's going to have the good game. And then off to the number one overall pick, Jacksonville versus Houston. Jacksonville losing 21 to 37. I mean, who expected? I mean, two bad teams, but Houston's definitely probably the worst team in the league. Um, but Trevor Lawrence looks so so in his first game 332 yards, three touchdowns, but three picks. Finished him with 19 fantasy points. And then Tyrod Taylor with 291 yards, two touchdowns. 23 fantasy points, and he also got 40 yards on the ground. Look like Tyrod Taylor. I mean, if Tyrod Taylor's a starter, he's a he's a viable quarterback. He's you always know? a good uh, good filling quarterback. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if you have somebody go down or something, I mean, he's. I think he's a good bench good bench stats for this week. Yeah, um, he's a good one to have if you're playing matchups because he's always going to have that kind of solid floor and. Um, yeah, I just thought he looked good in general. It looked like he, you know, was dodging the golf tees in the locker room, but uh, I thought he did pretty well. And then off to the running backs. I want to talk about this for a little bit. Um, this is probably the player I'm worried most about in fantasy. Uh, okay. James Robinson had five carries, 25 yards, 
um, finished with 5.4 fantasy points. Carlos Hyde finished with nine carries for 44 yards with 5.8 fantasy points. James Robinson played 64% of the snaps. Carlos Hyde played 34. That's encouraging, but I did a little bit of research on this. James Robinson, if you had to guess, where do you think he finished in yards per carry last year? Mm, I would say it was probably around four. 24th. No, I'm saying like like four yards per carry. Yeah, yeah. I think it was 4.3 or 4.4. He finished okay. 24th in yards per carry. Those are people who have a minimum of 100 carries. Um, and he played in, we, I think it was week 6 to 13 or 14 when he was fully healthy. He played 80% of the snaps. Um, if James Robinson stays around that 65% snap, snap percentage, and you know Trevor Lawrence is throwing it this much he because he won't. Where do you think he goes? He'll, I think he'll be closer, at least above 70, 75, because Carlos Hyde got all the touches in garbage time when there it was clearly over. So that's it's going to skew that. But James Robinson is going to be fine. I have. I do not. I do not think James Robinson will be fine. I have him as a. Fine. I think he's an RB two. And I was going to ask you this: Who do you prefer season long, David Montgomery? Or James Robinson. Hmm. Look at the, here's yeah, the poll so. right here that we have going on. I did not expect it to turn out like this. Well, I did because people, it's week one. It's overreaction week one, and Montgomery looked good, and Robinson looked bad. But um, I was going, I was going to put stop. two running backs up there. Um, I think I was going to put. Um, I'd have to look. I think I was. Let me look real quick. You know what? Back. I'm gonna go against the grain. Give me James Robinson. I do. I think I was going to put Clyde Edwards Hilaire or James Robinson. Uh there I would go James Robinson. I think but, I'll still take Robinson over Montgomery. That might be a hot take just because of week one. I think week one's a fluke. I really do. I think it's a fluke. Everybody's gonna be overreacting. And uh you can go ahead and clip this for when uh, James Robinson has like 40 points next week. I, I just don't see that kind of – I mean, he got fed last year. He was playing at points 90% of the snaps. And Carlos Hyde is kind of the bigger guy. And I think he will – I think he'll be the goal line back for Jacksonville too. I don't think so. I I think, I think he will because he's the bigger guy. Carlos Hyde has been a pest for the past three or four years wherever he's gone. Yeah. Um, that's just what he does. Sorry to Carlos Hyde if he's watching this. Highly and they play, they, watching. Play, they play Denver this next this next week too. So James Robinson may have another semi-quiet game because it's Denver. That's a great defense. I think he's a great by low candidate. I think he's absolutely. I think for the rest of the season, I have him around a mid RB two. Yeah, right now he's RB two. With it just uh, it just worries me because there, Jacksonville couldn't pass last year because they had Gardner Minshew, who stunk. And I mean, who was his who was his biggest uh, competition for targeting for competition for snaps? I think it was Ogumno. I don't even have to say his name. You're talking about Ogumawale. There you go. Well, hold on. For oh, what was his name? For a while, it was the old uh, Washington receiving back, Chris Thompson. Oh, well, Chris Thompson. Yes. Yeah. And actually, look, James Robinson. The first five or six weeks was playing sixty percent of snaps. When Chris Thompson was there, well, he but that's a whole different. 
on Sunday he was a receiving back. Like he got all he the ca- receiving back snaps. Yeah, he ca- he caught five balls. So you know, I'm telling you, be patient with still- James Robinson. I'm just a little worried about him. I'm a little worried about that. You know, I think most people drafted him around that running back 13 or 14 mark after Travis Etienne went down. Just a little worried about him maintaining that ADP. Uh, I think it'll be fine. Off to the running backs. Mark Ingram got fed this week. Um, He he ended up with 85 yards and a touchdown. He was not efficient, though. Um, For getting fed 26 times, his longest run was 11 yards. He averaged three yards per carry. Uh, I have him as a waiver wire target. That's just because there are no other guys to grab. Mm -hmm. Uh, For the rest of the season, I'll probably go Philip Lindsay, Mark Ingram, David Johnson. Okay. I I have no idea how to predict this because nobody saw Mark Ingram being the lead running back week one. I think he was third on everybody's uh, projections. Yeah. Backfield. I even thought maybe he would get cut. Maybe it'll be a hot hand kind of thing where whoever just got it going gets the ball. I mean, David Johnson and Philip Lindsay both scored a touchdown, so it's like, what the heck? It's kind of wild. Yeah, and uh, Mark Ingram played 46% of the snaps. Uh, David Johnson played 28, and Philip Lindsay played 26. I would see that more around everybody being around 30% next week. But yeah, off to the receiver. wait and see. Yeah, off to the receiving, the receivers. Uh, DJ Chark led Jacksonville with three catches for 86 yards and a touchdown. Marvin Jones had five catches for 77 yards and a touchdown. LaVisca Chenault had seven catches for 50 yards. Uh, DJ Chark led the right wide receivers with 12 targets. The rest had nine. I still lean Chenault over Chark, but mine goes Chenault, Chark, Marvin Jones. I think seeing Chark healthy like that and getting fed has put Chark at number one for me. I think it was okay. Chark, Chenault, then Jones. I think all three are viable options, though. I think you can start all three. I think at minimum flex. And then Chark's like, like right on that border of being like a wide receiver, too. Okay, and then off to Houston. I think there's only one real pass catcher in this offense yep. that is worth even having on your roster. Uh, Brandon Cooks. <laughs> yeah, Brandon yeah. Cooks, five catches for 132 yards and seven targets. I would expect to see more targets. That was a positive game script for them, which won't happen too often. Right. So I yeah, would see Brandon, more. Brandon Cooks looked good. He looked like old Brandon Cooks, whether he was on the Saints or the Patriots or whoever. I mean, he. Look quick. He was making great contested grabs. And Tyrod likes to look for him because, like you said, it's the only real receiving threat. So I think he's a low-end wide receiver too right now and for the rest of the season. All right, and off to the Steelers versus the Bills where the Steelers beat the Bills. I hate it. Bills are my favorite team. But Ben Roethlisberger, Wait, for I 188 years. I said the Bills versus the Steelers. I was just talking about how I was mad that the Wait, Bills did lost. did you say he won that game? All right, off to Ben Roethlisberger, <laughs> 188 yards and a touchdown. I don't know if it was the Bills' defense or if Ben Roethlisberger kind of was just, I mean, kind of did what he did last year, just dumping off and then just the occasional 20-yard pass. I, I did not love Ben Roethlisberger. Like we were saying, I think we had him around QB 20 going into the season. I'd move him a little bit down. Uh, but he, he has weapons, though. And then Josh Allen, an underwhelming game, 270 yards and a touchdown. 
He did carry the ball nine times for 44 yards, finish him with 17 points. Um, that is not the quarterback you drafted second overall, but I expect him to right the ship first Miami. Spoiler alert, he is my QB1 this week. You can sit here, yell at me all you want, but I think Josh Allen averages like three and a half touchdowns versus the Dolphins in his career. I think he has three player of the weeks against him in like five or six tries too. And he just knows the Dolphins number. Okay. And- yeah, I think Josh Allen is definitely another one. Just have patience with it. Was he's playing arguably the best defense in the league uh, in Pittsburgh, and it's Josh Allen. He's going to throw the ball every time. He's their goal line back. It's like what's not to like. He's he's going to be fine. And then Najee Harris. Dude, this is crazy. 100% of the snaps, uh, 16 carries for 45 yards. The snap percentage did not carry over onto the field with um with production. But if he's getting 100% of snaps or 90-plus percentage of snaps, this dude's – I have him as RB6, I think, this week. Okay. I mean, Najee Harris, he'll be a top-10 running back if he's playing that many snaps. I think he's certainly inside the top-10 playing that much. I don't know. I haven't done my rankings yet, but he'll he'll be inside my top ten for sure. There's not really any competition, and he should get more touches. I think he should be around the twenty to twenty three or four mark because he is a big guy. He's not some five five seven one hundred seventy pounder who's going to get hurt. Was, that, was that a shot at Tariq Cohen? That was a shot at Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary played well though. Eleven carries for seventy two <laughs> yards. Um, he averaged six and a half yards per carry, and with Zach Moss being a surprise uh, inactive, it looks like Devin Singletary might be that guy in this backfield. I still think he's a flex play at best because of the lack of volume. I agree, and then Matt Breida played some as well, but I think everybody was surprised with Zach Moss being scratched. But, yeah, like you said, Devin Singletary's, I don't know, maybe flex. I prefer starting somebody else because they throw so much. The only reason I have him shots. in the the only reason I have him in the flex play is because I think he will get more passing game work. Uh, that Steelers defense was just insane, and he, you know, Josh Allen couldn't really throw it to Devin Singletary. But off to the Steelers pass catchers, Juju, four catches, hundred, uh, not a hundred yards, fifty-two yards with eight targets. Chase Claypool, three catches for forty-five yards, five targets, and Deontay Johnson, five catches, thirty-six yards, and touchdown. With 10 targets. If I had to rank him right now, I'd still rank him probably Deontay Johnson. And then I'd say Chase Claypool and Juju are kind of interchangeable. Um but, I would say I would say Claypool is the third option. And then Deontay Johnson and Juju, I think you're gonna be one A, one B. I think uh the only reason that you're still saying that is because Deontay Johnson had that. Touchdown. Otherwise, you'd probably be saying it was like a. I love Deontay Johnson going into this year. I think Deontay Johnson will be the clear number one throughout the year. Okay. He's going to get plenty of work. You were comparing him to Antonio Brown earlier, which is, or in a previous episode, which was a little. No, no, no. I I compared his route running to Antonio Brown's. I said, which is a little crazy. No, the best route runner. I mean, he's the best route runner since Antonio Brown for the Steelers. Well, yeah, he came in like the year after. <laughs> well, he's the closest thing. I'd say he's a top 10 route runner in the NFL. Yeah, I don't know about that one. 
but uh, he does he does well. He's going to get plenty of targets. So I'd say wide receiver two. And PPR, I'd say high end wide receiver two, low end wide receiver one. And standard, no. I'd say a uh, wide receiver two. Ain't no wide receiver one. That's crazy. That is crazy. I th- I think he has potential wide to be. Wide receiver I mean, one now. In PPR, he was going right after Amari Cooper. Okay, but people were drafting. Who knows? Like, it's it's a completely different different draft thought after week one. I mean, people were drafting Trey Sermon. I don't think Trey Sermon would be drafted right now. So it's a. I, I still have faith in Trey Sermon, but we'll get to that later. Um, mm-hmm. But then Stefan Diggs had an underwhelming game. Nine catches, 69 yards. That's an underwhelming game for him. I mean, that's that's kind of crazy. 14 targets, though. Then Cole Beasley, eight catches for 60 yards, 13 targets. I don't think um, people outside of Buffalo were expecting that. I don't think I was expecting 13 targets. Then Emmanuel Sanders had eight targets, four catches for 52. My guy Gabriel Davis had 40 yards and a touchdown. Um, the only wide receiver you could start in that offense is clearly Stephon Diggs. I do think Gabriel Davis is worth a stash in 12-team leagues. That might be my bias, but I think he's really good. But in PPR leagues, Cole Beasley might be a sneaky flex play. Yeah, I agree. I think he's a, he's a solid flex play, and then – Gabe Davis is just a stash, and Stefan's only one year like starting every week. I, I think you're pretty right there. And then Eagles versus the Falcons. Eagles blew the Falcons out. Jalen Hurts had a nice game: 264 yards, three touchdowns, 62 rushing yards, 28 fantasy points. And then Matt Ryan just did not look great: 164 yards um, with 7.3 fantasy points. Um, Miles Sanders looked good: 74 yards, no touchdowns. Um, and then Mike Davis did not look great. He averaged three yards per three point three yards per carry on fifteen carries with seven point two fantasy points. Are you a little discouraged by Mike Davis? Uh, no, it's kind of what I expected. And also that you mentioned earlier that the Texans are the worst team in the league. I would say after week one, it's the Falcons and like by a long shot, by some really? margin. Oh yeah, I mean, did you watch much of the game? I had, I had Kyle Pitts in a lot of my leagues, so I watched the I did not. game. I did that not watch much line, of him. I, I, I think I could walk into that offensive line right now. It, it was Matt Ryan had no time to throw. People may throw shade at Matt Ryan for being bad or whatever, but he had no time. And so, you know, Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts, like their opportunity was limited. If they can get the line figured out, then that team will be fine. But that, that was, it was rough to watch. And then Eagles receivers, uh, Devontae Smith had six catches for 71 yards and a touchdown on eight targets. Jalen Rager had six catches for 49 yards with 10.9 fantasy points. I don't think you could start any Philadelphia wide receiver at this point. I think Devontae Smith is, might be the closest one, but I don't think any of them are startable. I think Devontae Smith is. I think he's a good flex play. I think he's got wide receiver two upside, especially with this connection with Jalen Hurts. Um, he'll, uh, I, I like him. I think he looked good. And if Jalen Hurts can keep playing like that, you know, I know it was against the Falcons, but oops, if they can keep playing like that, uh, Smith, I think Smith is very startable. I think in, you know, 10, 12 or 12 team league, I'd say he's a solid flex. And then Dallas Goddard showed us why he's tied in one in Philadelphia, four catches for 42 yards and a touchdown compared to Zach Hurts two catches for 34 yards. Um, 
No, not a great game by Dallas Goddard, but he got a touchdown. That's all you can ask for out of a tight end that's not named Kyle Pitts or not named uh, Darren Waller, Travis Kelsey, or George Kittle. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, he was uh, a lot of people are talking about is Ertz going to get back, which you know he was he was still involved, but I I still think it's it's Goddard show. I think he's the clear number one right now. And then Calvin Ridley had eight targets. I think he had like three or four in the first quarter. Kind of slowed down. Five catches for 51 yards, 5.1 fantasy points. Calvin Pitts had four catches for 31 yards, 3.1 fantasy points. Also had eight targets. And then the only notable one in that offense is Hayden Hurst with 2.8 fantasy points. I'm encouraged to see Kyle Pitts getting eight targets. Not encouraged to see Calvin Ridley end up with five catches. Yeah, I mean... I think Pitts and Ridley were tied for the lead in targets, which is an encouraging sign. Um, And I expect both of those numbers to go up throughout the season because I hope they'll get better. All right, and off to the Jets versus Carolina. Uh, Zach Wilson had a nice debut, 258 yards, two touchdowns, interception. I don't know if I'd say nice, but he had a viable debut. 18.3 fantasy points. Then Sam Darnold finished with 19 fantasy points, 279 yards, and a touchdown. Off to the running backs. All of them finished with 2.6 fantasy points or lower. <clears throat> Tevin Coleman had 2.4. Todd Johnson had 2.6. Michael Carter had 2.0. Uh, snap count went uh, 54% Todd Johnson, 26% Tevin Coleman, 25% Michael Carter. If you have any of those running backs, stay away. Keep them on your bench. The <clears throat> only ones I think is worth rostering is uh, – Michael Carter. I have a lot of Michael Carter shares. I am, you know, if he does this next week, I think he's droppable. Just stay a little patient on Michael Carter. Yeah. Um, uh, he's just a stash at this point. You're hoping that he somehow breaks out, but um, I don't think he, he did not. He did, he did not look great. Yeah. But uh, Christian McCaffrey, still Christian McCaffrey, 18.7 fantasy points. 21 carries for 98 yards. He saw 89% of snaps. He also hauled in nine catches for 89 yards. So Christian McCaffrey, just a beast. To the Jets pass catchers, we got Corey Davis with five catches, 97 yards, two touchdowns, seven targets. That's the only fantasy-relevant player uh, as a receiver, I think, for the Jets. Uh, You said you think he's a wide receiver, too. He finished Mm -hmm. 21.7 fantasy points. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, wide receiver two is Zach Wilson's favorite target. And Zach Wilson looks good. He just He's not going to have much help. The running backs aren't going to be much help. I think it's going to be him throwing to Corey Davis uh, most all games. But it's just going to be – I think it's going to be a question mark if Corey Davis can hold up the whole season. And then so, Elijah Moore had negative .3 fantasy points. Obviously, preseason hype was not converted into production for him. And then DJ Moore had eight targets. Um, 9.4 fantasy points. Robbie Anderson only had three targets, but made that a touchdown with 11.7 fantasy points. And then Terrace Marshall with six targets and 26 yards. Mm-hmm. So I think it clearly is DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall. I think Terrace Marshall could overtake Robbie Anderson at some point, though. I think it's that order you just mentioned until further notice. I think DJ Moore is the clear number one, Anderson two, then Marshall three. All right, and off to the Chargers first, uh, Washington. I had Cincinnati on here. I don't know why. But uh, Justin Herbert finished 13.3 fantasy points, 
Taylor Heineke finished with 10.5. As Ryan Fitzpatrick only threw six passes before leaving. He's hitting the IR. We talked about that. Uh, Austin Eckler finished with 11.7 fantasy points with no targets. That's that's a little cause for concern, I think. He'll be fine. He's. I think it's just like James Robinson. Don't overreact week one. Um, he is getting in, eased into it. He had the hammy in, injury. He'll be fine. He's a stud. Do you expect him to see more than 58% of the targets, though? I mean, 58% of snaps? Yes. Yeah, they played expe- like four ex- running backs. I expect him to be around that 65 to 70 mark. I agree. I think he's too good to be rotating in uh, like Ogletree and and somebody snap somebody snap count who has uh, can see improving is Antonio Gibson's. He had 65 percent of snaps, had 8.8 fantasy points. JD McKissick did not look great either. So yeah, and JD McKissick was the big pass catcher, and he only had one target with no catches. Yeah, I mean, the the preseason hype on Gibson turning into that three-down back role, I mean, so far has lived up to it. He had, what, 25 touches? Is that correct? 25 touches? I see. I think he had 20 carries and five catches. Sorry? 20 carries and three catches, so 23. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, that's I take that every single game. And then Keenan Allen had 10 10 fantasy points. Mike Williams had 14.2. Jerry Cook had 5.6. Uh, thir- Keenan Allen had 13 targets. Mike Williams had 12. Jared Cook had eight. My big takeaway is Mike Williams might be a flex play as Justin Herbert's, you know, number two option. Yeah, his biggest, um, his biggest problem for the past couple of years has just been health. Because when he's on the field, he makes these crazy catches. He'll he'll just he'll sacrifice his body to go get the ball, and he's got all the talent in the world and. You know, Herbert likes to throw to him, so I think he's a very good flex play. And I think Jared Cook might be a sneaky waiver wire target. Um, he had eight targets. I mean, he might be 35 years old, but he looked like he was getting it done for the Chargers. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, they don't ta- really have too many other options. Yeah, Terry McLaurin had four targets, a little underwhelming, but he caught all of them for 6.2 fantasy points. Logan Thomas had three targets. He caught all of them for nine fantasy points. And uh, a lot of people had Dewami Brown as kind of a sneaky number two behind um, Pine Curtis Samuel before he got hurt or after he got hurt. I think I was a little high on Dewami Brown, but he finished with negative yardage. So <clears throat> obviously not encouraging. Yeah, he's kind of, I think he's irrelevant. I don't think you got to worry about him too much. And then when Curtis Samuel comes back, he's 100% out of the picture. I think he's a good dynasty. Um, I think right. he, but, McLaurin and Samuel are young. Yeah, but I think Dewami Brown could be better than Curtis Samuel. I think he was a second or third. So. I think it was a second or third round pick. Dewami Brown was really good at UNC. He was Sam Howell's number one go to. But uh, Russell Wilson, your favorite team, Seattle Seahawks. Uh, he looked good. Four, 254 yards, four touchdowns, 27 fantasy points. Carson Wentz had 251 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, he looked like he was getting pressured from a bad Seahawks defense, in my opinion. Wow, wow. I, I, I don't I think, think they, it's a, I think I, they disproved that narrative. I think that narrative will go right back to where it will uh, this week. That was a – playing the Titans? I mean, they did. I mean – You uh, saw what Arizona old, did. Uh, old buddy <laughs> on uh, left tackle, Tittle the one. 
did say Chandler Jones made him look dumb. So yeah, <laughs> it didn't and matter then, who it is. Five sacks, you're looking pretty dumb. <laughs> Chris Carson had 78 percent of snaps. I can only see that going up with Rashad Penny being hurt. I could see him around the 80 to 85, probably a top five in snap percentage. Um, he looked good though. 16 carries, 91 yards, did not fall into the end zone. Um, and then Jonathan Taylor had 17 carries for 56 yards. They just looked, I mean, Indianapolis just looked overwhelmed with Seattle's defense. Um, but Jonathan Taylor only played 55% snap. Yep. So, I mean, they I, just signed Naheen Hines for a reason. Like, they're not going to give him that contract if he's just going to sit. When you were drafting Jonathan Taylor inside the top eight, this is not what you were expecting, I don't think. Yeah, but it was a negative game script, and, you know, they're, they're going to be fine. I think that's another one like Robinson and Eckler. He's going to be fine. Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor did lead the Colts in pass catching, though. Mm-hmm. So, And then uh, Seattle, it was a Tyler Lockett game, 100 yards, two touchdowns. And then D- DK Metcalf, 60 yards and a touchdown. With five, both of them had five targets. Um, mm-hmm. Like we said, Gerald Everett, two catches for 20 yards and a touchdown with two targets. Um, I would expect, I would like to see a little bit more from Gerald Everett target wise, but I still think he's a fine waiver add in 12 or deeper leagues. Yeah. I mean, if you're kind of tight in needy uh, in any given week, he's one you can plug in and. Hopefully he falls in the end zone, but he was sharing too much time with Will Disley for my liking to be able to plug and play him every single week. I think it's just like a, it's like the the deeper tight ends are, it's kind of like a lottery. Like you don't know what you're going to get. Okay. And then uh, Arizona versus Tennessee, Arizona blew him out of the water. Kyler Murray looked like an MVP, 289 yards, four touchdowns, one pick, 33 fantasy points. That's only with 20 yards rushing. He did have a rushing touchdown. And then Ryan Tannehill finished with 14.1 fantasy points. Chase Edmonds played 58% of the snaps uh, with 10.6 fantasy points. James Conner played 49% of the snaps, 5.3 fantasy points. James Conner had 16 carries on almost half of the snaps. That is not what I was expecting. Well, I mean, Dave didn't bring him in from Pittsburgh for no reason. Like he's not gonna they're gonna bring him in and then just sit him. And he's a great power back. He's just like he's I think he's pretty much limited to short yardage and goal line. Um and then and if it the game script was the other way around, like if Tennessee was up, I don't think he would have seen very much of James Conner. It would have been like even more of the Chase Edmonds show. And then Derek Henry, uh speaking of great power backs, had seventeen carries for fifty eight yards. How many percent of snaps do you think he played? Mm, I didn't this has to do with the negative game. This has to do with the negative game script, but still. I would imagine many? the 80s. 62. 62, wow. So who but played Jeremy McNichols? Played 36% of snaps. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That is 33 too many. Um, and then off to the pass. Deha, wide receiver one. Two touchdowns, 83 yards. Uh, Christian Kirk had a nice day. 19 fantasy points, five catches for 70 yards, and two touchdowns. I put him in the wave wire target. Uh, I have him. I think it's Kirk. I think it's Kirk, Shepard, Watkins is the wide receiver waiver wire targets. 
okay. that's the order I have them. And then Rondell Moore even looked good with six eight yards. AJ Green had six targets. Did not look good though. It's only with two catches at twenty five yards. Yeah, it's his first game, and uh, you know they've got tons of weapons there. If he can get don't do that, don't do that. You hated Latavius Murray last night in his first game for the team. Oh, don't give AJ Green the treatment. I know you're a big AJ AJ Green Green is competing with like five, five other receivers. Latavius Murray got beat out by an undrafted free agent. I think AJ Green. I think Latavius Murray might even be an undrafted free agent. Is he? Let's see. How old is Latavius Murray? A little off script. Yeah. A little audible. Sixth round. So almost undrafted. Certainly was not you know, first or second round pick. But uh, I think A.J. Green is a relevant fantasy if you're in a 10 or 12 team league. I think you can irrelevant. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, and then Tennessee receivers, AJ Brown had 10.9 fantasy points. Julio Jones only had 29 yards on six targets. Expect a big bounce back game though from Julio Jones. Buy low, yeah. buy low. And then San Francisco versus Detroit. Yeah. On Julio. Yeah, I agree. And then San Francisco versus Detroit. San Francisco had a big lead. I think they at one point had a 24-point. I don't know. I'm not even going to guess. But had a big lead, blew it, and then ended up winning. Jimmy Garoppolo, 314 yards and a touchdown. Trey Lance even got in the game, threw one pass, and threw a touchdown. Uh, carried the ball three times. But Elijah Mitchell, number one waiver tar- waiver wire target, 64% of snaps, 19 carries, 104 yards, and a touchdown. So... Elijah Mitchell is the guy, I think. But yeah. I think we could see more Trey Sermon than people are thinking. And don't count out Jermichael Hasty. And then when Jeff Wilson comes back, so Kyle I think- Shanahan has been known to ride the hot hand. Yeah. Um, yeah. It could change week to week. So. And then DeAndre Swift, eleven carries, thirty-nine yards. That's not where he got most of his work, though. Got most of his work in receiving. Where he had eight catchers to 65 yards and a touchdown. I was not expecting DeAndre Swift to play 68% of snaps. I had him more around that 55 50 range with the injury. But if we're seeing a lot of DeAndre Swift like this, that's an RB1. It is, but Jamal Williams, you know, had a great game. I don't think I don't think I don't think Swift's an RB1. I would say he's an RB2 as long as he can stay healthy. But I think Williams is at the minimum flex play as well. Like I think they're both they both have a purpose. Okay. And then off to receivers. I don't think any receivers besides TJ Hawkinson for the Lions are worthy to talk about. Um, eight catches for 97 yards and a touchdown. That's who you drafted when you're drafted tight end four or five. Yeah. Um sometimes going to six. I don't I don't know why he was going so far behind George Kittle. Yeah, I think right now he's my clear number four. Yeah, I, th- I have him above. I have him above Pitts and Andrews. I think this week, so Me I love well. T.J. Hawkinson. Me as well. And then uh, speaking of George Kittle, had four catches for seventy-eight yards, um, and then Debo Samuel 
nine catches for 189 yards and 12 targets and a touchdown, uh, 22.9 fantasy points, and Brandon Ayuk was only a punt returner at this game. So weird. I mean, he, he even saw the field as a receiver, but he only touched the ball as a punt returner. I'm not. I, I mean, I'm freaking out if I'm Brandon Ayuk owner. I'm not. I'm in a league, a 12 team league, where somebody dropped him. I don't know if that's because they hate Brandon Ayuk after this week, but I mean, I think he's a buy low. I think he's the best buy low value right now. Yeah, you should be able to get him for dirt cheap, and I think it's purely because of the injury stuff. People were saying, "Oh, but he returned punts." Yeah, but it did. It didn't make sense. Why would you throw him out there? Um, like, why wouldn't you have him out there as a receiver as well? He's way too talented. I think. I think he's gonna be fine. And then Debo Samuel going forward, I see him as a you know low end wide receiver too until he can prove it this week. Uh, I think I have him ranked twenty one or twenty two. Um, yeah, I think I saw where ESPN had him ranked at nineteen. It's a little high for me, I think, because so, I think I will bounce back. But if Debo Samuel is seeing you know eight nine targets a game, he's so talented. Both of them are though, so. I don't see that continuing. And then the last one o'clock game, Cincinnati versus Minnesota. Kirk Cousins had a nice game, 351 yards and two touchdowns. Joe Burrow had 18.6 fantasy points, uh, 261 yards and two interceptions. Nice bounce back game from him. Um, Dalvin Cook was a little underwhelming, uh, but he did fall into the end zone with 14.4 fantasy points. And then Joe Mixon had 29 carries, 200 uh 127 yards at touchdown, um, 21 fantasy points, and 78% of snaps. So, mm-hmm. Joe Mixon, also, like I said, is probably from here on out a top 12 play for me. Yeah. Uh, he'll have those occasional games where he's very frustrating. He has like a three or four point week. But I think overall, he's going to be fine. Um, he'll probably be inside my top 15 most weeks. Um, there's a lot of good guys at the top. Um, he had 29 carries though. It wasn't the most efficient running in the world, but with that kind of volume, like who cares? He even had four catches too. Yeah. So he had 33 touches, uh, Adam Thielen led, um, Minnesota in targets. He had nine catches for 92 yards with two touchdowns. Uh, KJ Osborne had seven catches for 76 yards. And Justin Jefferson had five catchers for 71 yards. I don't think uh, KJ Osborne has any value, but he was tied for second in targets. Yeah, he didn't have any value. And I expect Jefferson to pass pass Thielen. Thielen to have these games because he's got a good connection with Cousins. But I expect Jefferson to be like the clear number one for the rest of the season. And then Jamar Chase had a great debut. Kind of shut everybody up about that whole drop thing. 15.9 fantasy points. Uh, T. Higgins had 11.8 fantasy points, and Tyler Boyd had 3.5 fantasy points or 3.2. So I think it definitely goes Jamar Chase, or no, I would say T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and then Tyler Boyd. Yeah. I'm not falling too much for the Jamar Chase wide receiver one hype. He's got uh, that upside there for sure. Oh, yeah. He's a great, I and mean, that's why they drafted him fifth overall. He's yep. great. Uh, Denver versus the Giants. Teddy B looked good. 20 fantasy points. Uh, Daniel Jones also looked good. 21 fantasy points. 
Uh, Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams split the snap count right down the middle. Uh, both have 50%. Melvin Gordon made the most of his with a 70-yard touchdown run, though. Ended up with 17.8 fantasy points. Javante Williams only had 4.1. And then Saquon Barkley played 48% of the snaps with 2.7 fantasy points. I am absolutely freaking out if I have Saquon. I'm not. I'm buying low. I'm buying low. If you have him, hold him. He's, he's I would like to see your facial reaction when I tell you this, but I have Saquon as my RB28 this week. Yeah, I saw you texting that earlier. I understand. They play Thursday, don't they? Against the, yeah, they play thir- quick turnaround, Washington. tough defense. Whew. Uh, I am. I think he's still going to get eased into it, but he, he'll be fine. Do you remember admit- last year when he played those, uh, where he played against the Steelers week one and then played some of week two? I don't know if it's the scheme that Joe Judge is running or something, but he or Jason Garrett, he did not look good. Yeah. In those two games, didn't look explosive near the explosiveness he had. I don't know if he's running behind a bad offensive line. I don't know if they're stacking the box. I don't know if it's just, you know, what the coaches are doing with him. But I'm hitting the panic button if I have Saquon. I'm not. It's week one. So week one. I'm not trading them because I mean, you're never going to, I mean, you're not going to recoup your first round pick value. Yeah. So I expect calm though. He'll be fine. I expect Saquon to have another down week this week until he proves he has that explosiveness. Well, I think he's still getting eased eased in. Like I think this week's going to be another down week. Like you said, I think being raked in the twenties is appropriate. Um, But then week three, They'll have an extra long week because they played on this Thursday. And he, he I think he'll come out firing week three. I would I, I would consider sitting him first the red uh against the football team. What was that? Unbelievable. There's no place in football. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, would you consider no benching him? You can't you can't there's no way you have three better options than Saquon. No, no. I'm I'm talking about the Giants benching him. Oh, the Giants benching him. Oh, uh, no. It's Saquon Barkley. You can't. If you bench you him, so? the fan base will you know, throw pitchforks. I have Saquon Barkley in one league. In one me as, league. Me as well. I am not starting him. Really? I'm starting yep. him because I would like of to Saquon go. Barkley. But, I mean, Saquon Barkley hasn't looked good in two years. I had, it's one week, though. Don't compare him to last year. He'll be fine. I, I am start. I am starting Joe Mixon. I'm even starting Elijah Mitchell over him, and then I have T. Higgins in the flex in that 12 team league. So, and the only reason I have Saquon in that league is because I auto drafted the first two rounds because I was at another draft. Nobody told me what time it was at. Totally forgot. Um, yeah, but Saquon Barkley is going to be outside my top 20 until he proves he can. You know. Produce a top twenty fantasy running back week. Okay. I mean, do you expect anything out of him this Thursday? Not, not no, not really this week. I think he'll be under ten points unless he falls into the end zone. But after that, I fully he'll be inside my top fifteen. After that, I think even if he does fall in the end zone, he might still be under ten fantasy points. Uh, he'll be all right. He'll be fine. Um, but Jerry Judy uh, going to miss four to six weeks with an injury. He looked good too before that. Um, I'm not a doctor, but the high ankle sprain 
I have seen people saying that can be tough on the route running. They say in four to six weeks, I would probably give it six to eight to get him fully healthy so he can return to that insane route runner that he is and make the cuts that he needs to. Um, but you're holding on to Jay Judy if you have him. Yeah, I think you are. Unless you're in a league where you are restricted as to how many receivers you can hold because you don't want to have too many that are injured, limit your options. Um, but yeah, in most leagues, if you've got an IR spot, plop him down there. If not, just keep him at the end of your bench. He'll be fine. And then Noah Fant led the team in targets, eight targets, um, converted into six catches, 62 yards. He's a low end tight end one, nothing exciting. He's just going to, I think he's just going to produce every week. Yeah, I mean, he'll occasionally catch a touchdown, but I could see five catches for 60 yards being his normal. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So he's kind of the most like most mediocre, not mediocre, but, but mediocre is fine for tight ends because it's a very shallow position. And then uh, Sterling Shepard, seven catches, 113 yards. A lot of people love him on the waivers as the number two. We've seen Sterling Shepard long enough to know that he is not, you know, an alpha male in that wide receiver room. Yeah. Uh, I have him as my number two waiver, I think, this week or number three behind Christian Kirk. I can't remember. Uh, only because this week is so shallow with waiver targets. But certainly Shepard, 17.3 fantasy points. Darius Slayton, 6.5. Kenny Galladay was 6.4. I don't love any Saints pass catcher. Um, I have Kenny Galladay in our league, and I'm bitching. You mean Giants? You mean Giants pass catcher? What did I say? Saints. I said Saints? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I said that was like the Chicago Bills. <laughs> nah, yeah, I'm. Uh, if there's one, it's got to be Galladay. But I'm. St- Good lord, hold on. If you do off. not turn your ringer off. Oh my gosh, I'm getting blown uh, by but people at work. Off to the Packers versus the Saints. 133 yards and two interceptions for Aaron Rodgers. Finished it with one fantasy point. Certainly not the game you were looking for when you drafted Aaron Rodgers as a QB one. Um, we even saw some Jordan Love, but Jameis Winston had one of the weirdest stat lines I've ever seen. 148 yards and five touchdowns, 29 <laughs> fantasy points. Uh, and then, you know, Green Bay's running backs didn't do anything either. Two fantasy points for Aaron Jones, 2.6 for A.J. Dillon. Then Alvin Kamara, 15.1 fantasy points. He looked good. Yeah. Kind of what you expected from Kamara, but I was not expecting five tutties from Jameis. That's kind of wild. I don't think that I don't think that sticks around. If if you if you would have told me that Jameis Winston had twenty nine fantasy points, and Marquez Callaway had one catch, I would have thought you were stupid. But uh, Jameis looks like this with Michael Thomas back. Jameis could be like he could be in that QB one conversation. I think. Yeah, but he was like kind of spreading it all around. It wasn't towards, you know, they don't have that one big receiver, but uh, he was kind of splitting. He was kind of spreading it around. Adam Troutman led targets in six with six. Uh, I think that's the tight end you want. I think we talked about that already. Agreed. And then Devontae Adams, five catches for 56 yards. Certainly underwhelming for the Might wide receiver. Probably one. be his worst game in the season. You think so? Yeah. I mean, last year he was. He had one of the highest floors I had ever seen for a receiver. It was incredible. So, yeah. And then Miami versus New England. Um, Tua had 16.1 fantasy points. Mac Jones had 15.2 in his debut. 
Miles Gaskin had 54% of the snaps with 7.6 fantasy points. Malcolm Brown had 30%. Savannah Med had 20. Damian Harris had 53% of snaps. I have him. I have a star right next to him for a reason. Uh, he fumbled in that game, late in that game. And I don't remember who came out, but they said they expected, you know, his workload to be slowed down because of that fumble. I I mean, 53% of snaps. There's a coach not, that came out today saying they expect him to bounce back and do him better. He had a good game. I, I don't think he's going to get better than 20 carries for 100 yards. That's what I'm saying. He had a good game. Like I think he's going to be fine. Don't let that one fumble. Uh, no. 53% of snaps is not great, though. Yeah, but when he's there, they're giving him the ball. I only see James White and Ramondre Stevenson get more involved, though. Uh, I don't know. I think Damon Harris is the alpha dog in that backfield. So I think he keeps it until he just absolutely gives it away. And then Devontae Parker had 8.1 fantasy points. Uh, Jalen Waddle had 12.1. He looked good. Um, and we'll be seeing Will Fuller this week, too. I think it goes Jalen Waddle. Will Fuller, Devontae Parker. I'm going to say Will Fuller takes that number one when he gets back. Okay. I think, then, he's, I think he's crazy good. And then in my tight end rankings this week, I talked about how much I hate Mike Kosicki as a fantasy player. I have him at tight end 23 this week. Um, uh, he's certainly not playable tight end. Yeah, too many mouths to feed and – he doesn't play enough. He didn't even catch a ball. He had two targets. Didn't even catch a ball. That's an Aguilar. He did catch a touchdown with 13.2 fantasy points. Jacoby Myers with 4.4. And then Johnny Smith had 4.8. And Hunter Henry had 3.1. So, not much to talk about is Patriots receivers. Uh, Chiefs versus Browns. Uh, Baker Mayfield had 12.6 fantasy points. Uh, Patrick Mahomes had 33.2. Proven why he was the number one QB taken in most drafts. Just an absolute beast. And then Nick Chubb had 53% of snaps. I was kind of surprised when I saw that number. Um, but he had 20 fantasy not, points. It's Kareem, it's Kareem Hunt. Like, like Kareem, Kareem Hunt is a hell of a running back. Like they're both they're both gonna get theirs. I, I think like Nick Chubb is the best back. pure runner in football. Not the I think that's a trendy thing to to say. And I think it's Derrick Henry. Well, I mean, you yeah, don't maybe really even Nick, Cook, maybe even Cook. You don't really see Nick Chubb shut down like Derrick Henry did. I mean, Nick Chubb can get involved in the passing game. Nick Chubb, I think, I, I think Derrick Henry is the better running back. I do, but I just I think Nick Chubb is the best pure runner. Yeah, I don't know about that one. And then he's up, uh, he's up there, but Kareem Hunt had 14 fantasy points with 47% of snaps. Uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire had 7.2 fantasy points and 72% of snaps. I don't love Clyde, didn't love him coming into the year. Don't love him. Yeah, I, I think you nailed it. He's uh, he's not going to get the touchdown equity. You're banking on a lot of guards. That's it. And then, uh, David Njoku actually led receiving, but Jarvis Landry had 14.4 fantasy points. Um, I think he ran one in. Yeah, he ran one in. 
And then um, Austin Hooper at 2.7. Don't think there's much to talk about there. And then Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey showed why they're so good. 26 fantasy points for Tyree Kill. Travis Kelsey with 19.6. Mm-hmm. So Travis Kelsey showed why. You know, I didn't love him as a first-round pick this year, but I think it's worth it. I think it's a good pick if you got him. And then uh, Justin Fields actually outscored Andy Dalton in fantasy um, <laughs> with throwing two passes uh, and running once. Um, I think it should be Justin Fields' time. Like Ryan said, you know, get him in there. Is it good? I think the I whole it was a small uh, sample, but he looked good. And then Matthew Stafford looked amazing. 321 yards, three touchdowns. Um, David Montgomery also looked good. He had 16 carries for 108 yards and a touchdown, 17.8 fantasy points. He had 59% of the snaps, but I did look uh, before the injury, he had 76% of the snaps. So, might know, be a little we arguing. We were arguing about uh, Damian Williams and David Montgomery. I think it is clear that David Montgomery is the workhorse in this offense when the and Damian Williams is only a you know handcuff. Okay. Uh, but Daryl Henderson had ninety four percent of snaps. This is going to be the highest snap percentage I think all year for him. He only mm-hmm. converted it into fourteen point seven fantasy points. Um, and then Bulkamet, like you said, looked good with four point two fantasy points. Allen Robinson. Had 3.5 on six catches. And then Cooper Cup had 16.8 fantasy points. Van Jefferson had 14. Robert Woods had 9.4. Tyler Higby had 6.8. I see Robert Woods at Cooper Cup back to back high end wide receiver twos. I agree. And also to touch on your point about Daryl Henderson, I think Sonny Michelle will get more involved as he gets more acquainted with the offense. I could see it more of a 60 40 split. I could as well, maybe even a 50-50 because Daryl Henderson is very streaky. So some games he'll you know go crazy. Some games he'll be very quiet, and it just takes one of them to get Sonny Michelle in there, and he could be he could have the hot hand. So we'll see. All right, and then uh, Lamar Jackson had 18 fantasy points. Derek Carr had 24. Tyson Williams had 15.4 fantasy points. Latavius Murray had 8.8. Tyson Williams played 51% of the snaps. Uh, Latavius Murray had 31% of the snaps. Um, they released Trenton Cannon today. I know you're a big Le'Veon Bell fan. Those are the only two running backs you should own on a fantasy team. Yeah, but like Latavius, even though he fell in the end zone, he he didn't look good. No, yeah, I think he's only a handcuff at this point. I, I don't. I, I see. I see Tyson Williams being a low end RB two play. Um, yeah. Latavius Murray is a bench. It's a bench player. I do think I, I genuinely do think Bell has potential if uh say something happens to another one of the running backs, or if they just integrate him right right away just because of his skill set. I think it meshes well with his team. But yeah, I think it's Tyson Williams until further notice. I do not think Bell should be owned in any leagues unless it's 14 or deeper. So yeah, he's a he's a flyer. Uh, and then Josh Jacobs had 52% of the snaps, had a weird stat line, 10 carries for 34 yards and two touchdowns. Um, he just had no real running room against a good Baltimore defense. And then Ken Drake saw seven fantasy points. And I think he caught six balls. 
five balls. Well, but but that's kind of how Josh Jacobs is. Like he has not been efficient. You're just making on volume and falling in the end zone. I don't love Josh Jacobs. I'd be selling high on him. I would as well. I agree. So if there's anybody stupid enough to trade for him in your league, do it. And then a little mini mini week one, Sammy Watkins, four catches for 96 yards and a touchdown, uh, 9.6 fantasy points. And then Is it fair Marquise to call Brown. that under underperforming for Sammy Watkins? For week one? Oh, yeah. For week one. I mean, how many like, times? How many? How many week two waiver claims has anyone put in for Sammy Watkins in their lifetime? I mean, I can't, I can't even count how many times I've done yeah. it. Just week Is one, Sammy I was Watkins. Expecting, I was expecting like 10 catches for like 200 yards and like three touchdowns. I was fully expecting an 80-yard touchdown. Yeah. So shame on you, Sammy, for only putting up 96 yards. But, but And I thought good. Marquise Brown looked better than I expected him to. Six catches for 69 yards and a touchdown. Uh, 13.4 fantasy points. That's only a flex play at best. And Mark yeah. Andrews, like we were saying, he's touchdown or bust. Three, uh, three catches for 20 yards. And then uh, Darren Waller had 19 targets. 16.5 fantasy points. Um, Terrell Owens, I mean, Brian Edwards had four catches for 81 yards and uh, almost a touchdown. He had all of his targets. It felt like fourth quarter. Um, yep. Tyreek Hill, definitely the, I mean, Henry, Henry Ruggs is going to, uh, he's going to, I think he's going to bounce back. I do not. I think Henry Ruggs stinks as a fantasy player. Wow. Wow. Bit aggressive. I have understand. I've never. I have never owned Henry Ruggs in my life. He's only played one season. <laughs> this is his set. We've done two, two drafts where Henry Ruggs has been drafted. I I, I drafted him last year, year, but I will not be having him anymore. He's got to show it first. In fan, in fifty fantasy leagues, I have not drafted him once. I had him in two last year and none this year. So. I saw what I needed to last yeah. year and said, nope, no things. Darren Waller is getting every single throw. It looked like it last night, but um, that'll be it for the week one recap. Um, you know, We'll be doing this. It'll be coming out every Wednesday because uh, we do have to record on Tuesday after the Monday night football games. Um, we will not record these at 1 o'clock in the morning after the Monday night football games. Yeah, so, we have to work. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if there's anything Check out our to socials. say. Uh, follow all our socials at the F. Yep, the FF Fanatics three on Twitter, the FFFanatics.com, the Fantasy Fanatics on YouTube. Um, I don't think I'm missing anything else. That's it. We appreciate y'all for watching, and we'll see.